Hello, I'm Bob Harrison. This week on Bob Into Buildings, I'm visiting King Williams College, passing the airport on my way to Castletown, round the second airport roundabout. The entrance to the college is on the left-hand side of the road, down its welcoming straight drive and those inevitable speed bumps. The buildings are a mishmash of styles, but still look welcoming. And on entering the college itself, I meet up with college historian Mike Hoy, gazing out of an upstairs window onto a quad. I assume it is actually called a quad, I put to Mike. Well, uh, all students still, of course, call it the quad. Um, But in 1945, when King George VI and Queen Elizabeth came to visit the island and visited the college um, after the end of the Second World War, um, the king turned as he entered the door uh, below where we're standing and said that he would be pleased if it could in future be called the King's Court. Was it ever grass? It was, uh, it may have had grass. Uh, The early photos that we've got are earth because in the corner down here to to our left were the stables. So right through the 19th century, of course, that was what was used. So that all the stables were, were there. Uh, and so the, the ground, and all that was open, there were no buildings there, um, that was the way the, the horses came in. So it was just earth, and this wasn't paved until uh, the 1930s. As we look out of this window again, we're looking across at where at present is the King's Court Theatre. Yes. But there are sort of differences of architecture. Now, that... Is that the oldest we're looking at King's Court Theatre? Yes, um, that's, the, that's the oldest of what you might call the outbuildings okay. that are actually outside the footprint of the, of the original uh, school and its extensions. But that was a freestanding building and that was opened in 1900. Um, and it was opened as a gym on the first floor, which is where the theatre now is, and underneath um, technology uh, workshops, which always had an important part um, right through the, the later 19th century and, and early 20th century, an important part in the kind of education that was, that was offered here. But that was stood on its own. And then something else was added on and yes. added on. Now, to be very truthful, as you come up that romantic drive, yeah. it, it unfortunately looks like it, doesn't it? it because yes. there is no pleasing view. Yes. I'm sorry, Michael, if I've offended you. No, you haven't. You're absolutely right. It's an architectural mishmash. It's a complete mess. And, of course, that was never the way um, uh, that was planned to be the entrance to the college. way in that was envisaged back in 1830 was, of course, from that very important road on the island, the road between Castletown and Derby Haven. And, of course, as you come up the drive, you've got what looks like a Tudor cricket pavilion as well that really sticks out as well. Yes. All these things have been sort of added on, and I suppose they've been added on um, whenever an an appeal for money has has brought in some cash or whenever there's been a, 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 a real need to try and expand to fit in the students because that original foundation... Uh, of £6,000 was all used up in building and there's never, ever been any money to maintain. Cost of ownership was not in their minds in 1830. And then you've got some modern architecture as well in amongst it, which 
I suppose, has a certain charm. Yes. I mean, some of it, there's a relatively new extension to the music school and some, some boarding area there, um, works quite well. It backs onto the airport wall um, and has quite a sort of modern feel to, and it's quite practical. Um, one or two of the other buildings that have been put up um, over the years have no charm whatsoever. Maybe they're practical. So what percentage of boarders uh, with the whole student body? Well, uh, now um, it's about 25%, and most of those um, are in years uh, 12 and 13, our sixth formers are, are here studying for the International Baccalaureate, which, of course, the college does, doesn't, do, doesn't do A-levels. Um, and uh, that, that number, that percentage, uh, has shifted over the years. And, of course, early on uh, in the 19th century, the balance was well and truly the other way. Uh, far, far more boarding students, including from the island, because then, of course, before the, the railway, the island railway started, um, well, you, you, could, you couldn't really come from very far away as a, as a day student, but for example T.E. Brown when he was a boy here he of course was the son of Robert Brown who was the vicar of, of Kurt Braddon but uh, he, he stayed here with a family in Castletown so he didn't go backwards and forwards to home that was quite impossible Why was it like split into two sites with the Buchan? Um, well the Buchan uh, opened in 1875 and that was a gift from Laura Lady Buchan. She gave, uh, um, she was by then quite an elderly lady um, and uh, she was but she was obviously very interested in, in uh, uh, girls education which was just beginning to flower in North London uh, and uh, she gave a sum of money to the trustees of the college uh, asking them to set up a girls' school parallel to, uh, to the college for girls. Um, they duly did that. The, the foundation was not enough to build a building, and uh, the Buchan School girls existed uh, right through the rest of the 19th century in um, rented accommodation. Uh, and it's not really until um, the early years of the 20th century that they're enabled by gifts to buy um, the buildings in Bowling Green Road, where they used to be. Uh, and then uh, in the 1940s, with another, um, another gift, they, uh, they were able to acquire West, West Hill. Uh, and, so, and that was still then the, the independent girls' school. And it wasn't really until the 1980s that conversations began um, with a view to joining um, the two foundations, which really had started off as the same foundation, um, but, but had developed separately, as was intended. Um, and it was by 1991 that the full uh, amalgamation had taken place. And so now the Buchan, which is a lovely site, um, is uh, for, for younger children up to 11 and then 11 plus there on this side. We ought to be really thankful for people that are inspired by education 
to actually put money behind it all the way through the story. Yes, that, that, that's right. And what benefit the, the Islanders had from, from that right through. And if that money hadn't been given, well, the, the, there would be no foundation like this at all. I mean, think how long it took um, for the Board of Education to be able to, to set up the island, um, the island secondary schools. Um, Castle Russian High School, of course, not until after the, the Second World War. It's a huge investment, um, and uh, we're very, very fortunate. Long Through, way it remains. Indeed, yes. Still in King William's College, Mike Hoy and myself walk into the famous Barovian Hall, which is at the very centre of the college. We're standing in the uh, Barovian Hall. Um, we're standing in the hall as it was renovated, redesigned, uh, and opened in 1937. So this dates from 1937. The actual building, of course, is from the original, uh, 1830, 1833. Um, So this is the north transept. So this is the wing that stretches towards the airport uh, and the tower uh, is, is here, the tower of course in the middle uh, where, where the, the south front and, and this transept join um, and we're standing on a floor that in 1833 was not there because this was one huge cavernous building Gosh. apparently freezing cold no plaster on the walls drafty and in fact, it was the chapel. Um, the chapel part of the foundation was not just for the students of the college, it was the Chapel of Ease for Derby Haven. And Derby Haven then, of course, was a, was a, a significant um, settlement. Uh, they had no chapel of their own. Um, it was a, a long way to walk into, uh, into, um, into Castletown. And Bishop Ward... Um, who collected some of the money, which went alongside Bishop Barrow's original foundation, um, had collected that in order to provide a chapel of ease. Um, so this was the chapel. It was huge and not very practical. So they sprung a floor in, <laughs> yes. and now yeah. it's a refractory by yes, the it, yes, it, yes, it is. This floor is relatively, relatively new, and if... Uh, when we're outside looking back from the King's Court um, you'll see that the, the, the upper windows of where we're standing uh, are lancets suitable for a chapel but underneath uh, they're um, sash windows um, because that's when the underneath part was converted into classrooms and it was used, this was divided up into at that stage in the 19th century um, into a library at this far end, and uh, where we're standing, we're in the middle, and we're towards the, the tower, um, this uh, was uh, classroom areas and uh, study areas, and up above our heads, there was another floor put in, and you see these windows. Um, so there are no windows there because that was the library and went right up to the roof. But here there was another floor accessible from the staircase under the tower and they were dormitories. Not much light. No, not much light and not, not much heat. The year of 1937 for an investment on this account was a strange year because yes. the world was looking towards war. Y- yes. 
Um, it, it was the culmination of a process that had been going on for 10 years. Um, and it took so long because there was no money. There never has been any money. The money that uh, was collected or the trust that was used to build the, the college, £2,000 from Bishop Barrow's trust, £1,000 collected by Bishop Ward, £3,000 collected by Lieutenant Governor Smelt uh, amongst the people of the island, £6,000 that built the college in, uh, in, in, in 1830, opened in 1833. Was there a previous school? Or, no. Or? Well, uh, there was the foundation, Bishop Barrow is 1668, and that's when he bought um, the, the, the land, which is the footprint now on which the college uh, sits, Hango Hill Farm uh, and Balagilia Farm. Balagilia Farm, the bigger of the two, the college lost to uh, the Admiralty during the Second World War when it was bought for Fleet Air Arm and then, of course, it's Ronald's Way, Ronald's Way Airport. Um, but uh, originally, uh, Bishop Barrow um, invested his own money to, to buy the leases from the 8th Earl of Derby for these two farms, and that money was used to educate uh, students beyond the grammar school age. So these were young university-age students to be educated to be the priests or to be the, the officers of, of, of governance. Students from the island? Yes, all from the island. And they were either educated at what he called an academic college on the island, um, which wasn't always available, um, but they could also go on that foundation to Trinity College Dublin, or Oxford or Cambridge. Um, and it's that investment, that trust used in those two ways which accumulated and was then used as a significant part of the, of the cost in 1830 to build it. Inspired at, at the yeah. time? Yes, very much so. He's a remarkable man. We don't really know as much about him as we should. Um, in 1668, not only did he endow the trust uh, for academic education, but he also uh, established a grammar school, and of course we've still got uh, the grammar school building uh, here in Castletown, and he set up and paid for primary schools right throughout the island for every boy and girl. And that's 200 years before they got round to it in England. No wonder the old Brovians are very proud. Absolutely, yes. I think he's a great, a great bishop, a man of great, great, uh, great vision uh, and practical uh, uh, means to, to achieve it. I've got in the back of my brain there are originally 42 pupils. Um, I don't know where I got that information yeah, from, uh, but yeah, there wasn't it, all that it, many. There weren't many, yes. It opened with, a, with uh, that kind of number, but within a very short space of time, the numbers had gone up. It was cheap, apparently. The fees early on were, 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 uh, were really set quite low. Um, and it was unique in another way because it was the very first of what we'd call the new independent grammar schools. Quite different from Harrow and Winchester and Eton and so on because it wasn't classics-based. It had, for its time, a modern curriculum. And as the 19th century progressed, maths, science, technology really became the most important things. Um, hence the Nobel Prize for, for Bragg, the great, uh, the great physicist. Was the Derby family helpful? 
Um, they, History doesn't come <laughs> out well for the Derby no. family, does it? They were... I, I think we could say that, that Charles, the eighth Earl, uh, who never came here and who was preoccupied with trying to raise money to buy back his estates, which were sequestered during the, the Civil War, but uh, he did allow Barrow, Bishop Barrow, to buy from him uh, the, the leases. So he didn't obstruct that, uh, but he didn't play any any positive role uh, it's all down to to the bishop and the island church so why is it called king william's college yes right this is a great story there's a uh, you can see there's a um, portrait of him there it's a copy of the portrait uh, in the national portrait gallery in in london in full admiralty wear yes, yes. Well. <laughs> and he is of course william the fourth he's the sailor king um and uh, that dates, of course, from 1833 when this uh, foundation uh, opened. Uh, strapped for cash, as always, what shall we do? The trustees of the day thought, right, we'll write to the king and ask for some money. And they duly did that. And, of course, King William IV wrote back and said, I will give you something much more valuable than money. I'll give you my name. Clever. He was a politician. He was indeed. <laughs> so he's William. That's William the Fourth. It's uh, it's na named after after him. The other portraits here, um, over here, there's uh, uh, Isaac Barrow, Bishop Barrow. That's uh, a, a, a copy of a portrait in Peterhouse uh, in in Cambridge, the college that he was a fellow of. Um, over here is Bishop Ward, okay. William Ward from the. Uh, the uh, early um, 19th century, who raised money for the church part of the foundation. And then this here is Edward Wilson, who was the first of the principals. There's lots of history in this room, isn't there? there yes, there, there is. Um, the, uh, and think of how many students uh, it's seen over, over the years. The windows, uh, they're all, of course, uh, stained glass, and um, the windows at the far end there, the dates on them uh, signify certain key dates, of course, in the story of the schools, 1668 in the middle there, Bishop Barrow, uh, 1933, that's the centenary of the, of the opening in 1833. 1844, why is there a window in 1844? It's because in January 1844, the whole place burned to the ground, and they had to raise £6,000 again to rebuild it. And people in the island gave the money, and they did it. From the old Barovian Hall, which we're standing in at present, should we just pop across the road to that wonderful chapel that's over there? Sure, yes. Do we know when this was built? Uh, yes, this is 1879, and it replaced uh, the original chapel, which, of course, we've been into earlier on the tour, which is now the Barovian Hall. Um, this was designed by Flaxney Stoll, and uh, there's a great story about uh, the process of building it uh, in the middle of a Manx storm, much like today, in the winter. Uh, the chancel arch under which we're standing, right. with the side walls built up just a couple of metres, the chancel arch collapsed in the storm and uh, was observed by the five-year-old son of the principal looking out of a window. Um, 
the design was altered and what we've got instead of a high side wall building with a with a, a shallow pitch roof we've now got a low side walls and this very tall uh, steep pitch roof um, which uh, is is really very distinctive and uh, the acoustics not brilliant but visually it, it's great and from where we're standing, you, all you can see is wood, yes. vast amount of wood in it. <laughs> well, as you can imagine, that will have been quite a challenge when it was being built. 19th century, no wood on the Isle of Man. The wood uh, in the college, in the main building, and here, uh, was all imported from the Baltic. And uh, as you can rightly see, these are huge beams, and, and the... the uh, the perspective, of course, foreshortens it, but they really are long, uh, 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 tall beams. Um, they move in the wind, in the winter. You can hear them creaking and moving, but of course that ensures that it doesn't fall down. Um, and it's, it's a spectacular I interior. Do you get a, a feeling when you come into a place like this? Do you, do you sort of pick up vibes? It's an awful word, and I apologize for using it. I th yes, I think so. Um, students, of course, who are here um, get used to it because there are still services in here during the week. Past students come back, they may well have sat rather bored in a sermon or something, but the chapel is the first place that they want to come to. That gives them good yeah. memories. Yes, I think so, yeah. Some of these churches are like tape recorders, and sometimes you go in and it's playing something remote and all of a sudden you know oh yes. right there we go yes. so the the building itself has memory yes yes i think i think that's right and i think the symbolism of a lot of what's in here helps that um the windows for example are uh, quite unusual uh, because they're not just biblical figures um, they're figures taken from, I suppose, what you might call the, 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 the stories of, of honorable people. Um, back in history, there's, there's King Arthur and so on. Uh, there are special windows uh, here in the chancel. Um, and this obviously is a part that, that any student would, would, would well and truly remember because this is what they see and it's so colorful. Um, the big uh, window here at the at the east end um, it commemorates Bishop Barrow. Um, remarkable uh, um, frescoes are actually painted on zinc. Okay, uh, you're going to make a noise now just to prove it. Okay. Oh yes. And of course, this is a limestone building. Manx limestone lets in the wet. And um, they'd yeah. retain themselves, yes. don't they? I mean, painting would last five minutes if it was direct on yeah. onto a sort of plaster. But they're on zinc. And they commemorate, they're from 1900, and they commemorate uh, Frank Walters, who's the only principal who died in office at quite a young age, our memorial to, to him. Um, and the, the chancel represents the... Um, the story of St. Thomas, to which the chapel is dedica dedicated. Right. And um, what more appropriate saint is there for a school than St. Thomas, who asked questions and wouldn't take an answer until he'd seen the evidence for himself? It's nice to see that the seats don't look comfortable. 
<laughs> is that a prerequisite? Well, I, I, it may be, yes. It's the junior uh, students, boys and girls, who, who sit up at this end. And you're quite right, these benches... Um, yeah, look, yes, they look, uh, they look pretty austere. But then, in fact, the, the pews are the old original pews from way back at the end of the 19th century. And I'm not sure they're very comfortable either. <laughs> Looking, we are standing at present in the chancel and we are standing behind the pulpit. I notice that we have two side pulpits. Showing my ignorance, why, Michael? Well... Uh, they are there, they are used now, how long this has gone back for, I don't know, but they are used as uh, as seats for particular, um, I was going to say guests, but particular members of the community. For example, the Lieutenant Governor, who is Chairman of the Trustees, uh, and the Bishop, who of course is a trustee. They're not used by the Principal. Uh, He and senior staff sit at the at the far end uh, at the choir um, because music of course has always been so important here um, the choir are actually right bang in the middle they're in midships aren't they, they are. as well they are. Yeah. They are. Yeah. Yeah. and I should imagine that glorifies the sound yes I think it, it yes it does and it helps the fact that the acoustic is just a little bit dead the organ that you can see up there uh, that uh, was installed in 1972 that's the organ from old uh, Malou Street Methodist Church in oh, Castletown. <laughs> and I think the trustees paid a pound for it um, because they obviously didn't, yeah, they didn't want it. But uh, it, um, it was rebuilt, redesigned by uh, a, a major set of organ builders uh, who really took the idea under their wing. And they've designed it, of course, so that the innards are visible, so that any youngster who's a bit bored with what's going on can actually look up there and, and, and see the action. What was on that balcony prior to that? Well, uh, th- there was, uh, there was no, no balcony. Oh! The organ, the original pipe organ, uh, was, was here uh, on the side little transept uh, where there's now this, this balcony. And uh, it, that was the third of three organs. And when it came, we're talking now, I think, about the early 60s, when it came to looking at um, what they could do with it, um, they found it was full of sand because, of course, it blows in, gets in every nook and cranny and couldn't be rebuilt. Today on Bob Into Buildings, we have focused on King William's College. My thanks to Mike Hoy and the staff at the college for their help. Listen again to the programme, manxradio.com, and check out the podcasts. I'll be back next week at the same time to focus on another of the island's buildings. Mark Tiley next with greatest hits. From me, Bob Harrison, good evening.